You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Let's close out the week here. And uh, I want to update something really quickly, and then I'm going to let you hear my conversation with Josh Neighbors as we preview the regionals for all four Big 12 teams this weekend. Um, so McNeese State, who TCU's playing tonight at 6 o'clock, they were expected to start Will Dion, who is their ace. He's a great pitcher. You know, even Kendall Rogers, who covers nationwide uh, baseball for D1, said, watch out for this guy against TCU. Well, Drew Davidson from the Horn Star Telegram said, according to their coach, they're actually going to start Jonathan Ellison, which is kind of surprising. Now, Ellison's also had a good year. His ERA is 3.06. Um, he's pitched 70.2 innings this season. And in those 70 innings, he's got 57 strikeouts and 32 walks. So he's done a nice job, but he really hasn't faced anybody at the level of TCU. And when he had the two best teams he's faced, Louisiana and Louisiana Tech, it looked like he did that in a relief role. So I can't imagine they're going to go like bullpen by committee, but he is a left-hander. TCU's really struggled against left-handers. I'm kind of curious if he's a soft toss and lefty because that's been TCU's kryptonite all year long. Nonetheless, an interesting move from McNeese State. So here's my conversation with Josh Neighbors. We break down the regionals for each Big 12 team. Here's some of that from the Lockdown Big 12 podcast. All right, we're in the month of June, and it is time for our weekly catch-up with Stephen Simcox of Locked On Horn Frogs. And Stephen, it is time. Well, we've got six six Big 12 teams involved in Diamond Sports right now, period. Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State are in the softball College World Series, which begins this week. But uh, the college baseball tournament is set, and four Big 12 teams uh, are in it. It is going to be TCU hosting a regional, Texas hosting a regional, uh, Texas Tech hosting a regional, and then Oklahoma State is a very game two seed in the Tucson mm-hmm. regional. Uh, four teams make it. Obviously, Oklahoma and Baylor were the two who were on the edge that we thought maybe with their performances – in the Big 12 tournament could find themselves in uh, the NCAA tournament. But it turned out to be the likes of a team like a Kansas State or a West Virginia that really we weren't thinking about actually had the best chance of being one of those teams because Oklahoma Baylor did not play well. I actually thought Kansas State especially and and West Virginia too made pretty good acquittings of themselves. No, they did. K-State, they really closed the season strong. And I thought they might get more consideration, you know, given how they – they won series against Texas Tech and TCU during the regular season. They played really well in the uh, Big 12 tournament. They were one game away from making the championship game. Eventually just ran out of pitchers, unfortunately, in a short amount of time and couldn't get it done. But they were a, a solid team that, that closed the season strong. Um, and, and Baylor, it's pretty obvious that they were firmly in the field at one point, but just going two and six in their last eight games knocked them out. So, Kind of a weird year for the Big 12. I mean, three teams that end up as national seeds that are going to host a regional and potentially a super regional if they can make it, uh, but only four teams in the field. I think all these teams are set up to make a run, as you stated there, which would be good for the conference. So what did you make of of Texas getting the number, I believe they're the number two overall seed, right? What did you yeah. make of that? Because they did not close out their season very strong in the uh, in the in the the Big 12 tournament. Now, I know they did win, I think they won, what, two or three games, two games? 
They won two games. Uh, yeah, they won two, but they went two and two, right? So it was not the strong closeout that we thought. Regardless of that, do you still think they deserve the number two overall seed? I was okay with it. I mean, they've been super consistent. I believe their only series loss this year uh, was to Texas Tech, and then it wasn't really a series, but they opened the season 0-3 against SEC competition over at Globe Life Field, and none of the Big 12 teams, uh, unfortunately, particularly did well in that opening weekend. But, you know, they got a good, they got a really deep pitching staff. Their lineup is solid. Bullpen is good. Uh, I think they were helped out by Vandy and, you know, Tennessee. They won a couple games in the SEC tourney, but neither of those teams seem to take it super seriously. Arkansas is obviously, it appears, head and shoulders better than everybody right now. Uh, you know, we'll see how they hold up in, in tournament play. But during the regular season, um, they were just a, a monster, monstrous force that you couldn't really stop. So I wasn't shocked. I mean, I know D1 baseball had them at like number three. I just think it was obvious that those three teams, Texas Tech and TCU, uh, got more respect from the committee than we initially thought. Because I, I really thought that two teams would end up hosting um, or be a national seed, hosting both rounds. I felt like Tech played their way out of it the way they played in the Big 12 tournament. Um, but the committee obviously thought that those three teams were really, really good. And the fact that Texas kind of prevailed over uh, that group had them high up there at that number two spot. Yeah, I, I think what Texas, you know, the big thing for me, we've talked about it a whole lot, is the the number three guy is always a spot for so many baseball teams, right? I mean, so many college baseball teams. It's like, you know, great Friday, Saturday stuff. And then Sunday, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, well, we know we got a freshman who we threw a couple times middle of the week in case that guy, you know, looked good against Arkansas State and Texas Southern. But, you know, right. uh, if the junior didn't work out, you know, we throw him in, you know, we throw this guy in on Saturday and or on Sunday rather and see how he looks. The, Texas had legitimately three guys. They've had three guys all year. They've got three guys that they really trust uh, in Kubitschek, Madden and then Tristan Stevens. And I'm not saying, none of those guys have been, uh, I would say super elite, right? Like, you know, just absolute, oh my God, wow you, you know, Steven Strasburg at San Diego State type stuff. None of those guys are, are that, but they're all really good. They're all really good, especially Stevens and Madden. And I think, you know, the fact that you can throw out a guy like Kubitschek, if you need to, if you play in a long weekend type situation, right? That guy's, I mean, your third starter is going to come into play at some point during a regional uh, or during any, any, you know, tournament setting. So I think the fact that Texas has three of those guys, even though it didn't quite manifest itself uh, to a championship in the big 12 tournament, I think that's really what benefits them moving forward into the, into the, uh, into the actual NCAA baseball tournament. Their pitching depth is definitely their biggest strength. And I think Pete Hansen's another guy. He was hurt for a lot of the year, but he has some flexibility. He can start if they need him to. He could also be someone that could just eat up some innings in a long release situation which is a great luxury to have. But, yeah, they have three legit starters, and, and that's pretty rare. Yeah, they have four of them, actually, honestly. I mean, yeah. yeah they have, I mean, they have really yeah, four, four guys that could go out there and pitch. Um, and that's why they've been so good all year long. That's why they've won series all year long is because on Sunday in a rubber match against good teams, you know, they have that third arm that can go. Uh, I, I feel like the biggest thing for UT is, you know, Ty Madden looked like a – high draft pick early in the year, just dominant, missing a lot of bats. And ever since he had this blister situation that came up against Texas Tech, I mean, he's been fine, but he hasn't been that same dude. Uh, you know, he struggled in a couple starts against West Virginia, which was surprising because the Mountaineers 
They don't have a, a really great lineup, but they were able to square up some balls on him. So can he get back to that form? You know, I, I seriously doubt they'll start him against Southern on Friday night. I think they'll save him for later in the weekend. But can he get back to that guy uh, that can really go? Because if you look at their super regional matchup, potentially Florida, who is very talented. And actually, I think Florida was at one point preseason number one. They just hadn't ever manifested itself like people thought it would. So that's a good team, and they have a lot of talent. You're going to need all those arms uh, later on. But, yeah, I think definitely in, in a regional situation where you could be playing multiple games in multiple days, they're set up better than anyone with, with the depth they have on the mound. Yeah, I mean, you look across – also, you know, I totally blanked on Pete Hansen. It's a great point because if you look across the board, I mean, especially his last four starts, he wouldn't have a total of four runs, and he's going at least six innings at all of the starts. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he is – you know, and, and I talk about this so much in the Locked On Nationals podcast. I mean, if you're giving – you know, the major leagues, if you're giving your team uh, six, seven innings of two-run ball – uh, you should win a team like Texas. If your starter is giving you that kind of, kind of contribution, you should definitely be winning every game. So yeah, the, the time ad and, you know, the, obviously when you, when you think about blisters, right. The first guy that comes to your mind in major leagues, at least in my opinion, I'm not sure if you have somebody else, Rich Hill, right. Rich Hill is somebody that's battled. And what's really interesting about it is with that, you can be lights out in a game, but you either have to come out of a game or you have to miss your subsequent start when you're scheduled, right? Because mm-hmm. that blister issue persists. So I think two things, one, it's something to watch, right? And two, luckily they have pitching depth to, to offset that potentially. They do. And it, it has been surprising to me that they really didn't give him a week off. Now it was sort of bad timing because he pitched against Tech, and then the next weekend was TCU, so they needed him. Right. Um, they considered pushing his start back a day, but he was like, no, I want the ball. And then he's just been kind of going since then. So maybe, you know, not throwing on Friday, because I, I seriously doubt they put him out there in that first game, will help. Maybe they could even save him, you know, to for a, a bullpen session on Saturday, because this, this regional does set up pretty well for them. I think he'll get a start for sure. Uh, but if he has eight or nine days in between starts, that could be a good thing for UT, given how he struggled down the stretch here a little bit. Yeah, they've got Southern as the four seed, Arizona State as the two seed in Fairfield. So it's an interesting one because they've got Southern, obviously, and they've got Arizona State, who was, I mean, prominent name, but also was last seen getting absolutely shellacked by UCLA, at least last time I saw them. They're getting yeah. absolutely shellacked by UCLA. And then Fairfield is that weird Either that one of those weird teams from a non-power conference that is 37 and three, right? <laughs> but you don't know how what to make of that. You don't know how to you know how to make of that. Uh, so it's interesting. Let's go to TCU now. So TCU, your Big 12 champions. Um, they they dropped that it was the first game, right? They dropped, they were in uh, in Oklahoma's oh, second game rather to Kansas second State. Game. You know, it was it's getting to the point where it's it was kind of like, all right, Texas Tech. You know, things they get the win seven two. They cool down that that you know that really good offense, and then here comes Kansas State, who just seems to have their number right. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. Kansas State, that's three of the last four. I love how they turn around. They turn around and beat the brakes off Kansas State. They expose you know a lack of pitching depth a lot of teams have at that point in time, and they, I mean, in, in three of their four tournament games, you know, if you count, if you well, just I'll even count that that one where they score two runs. Uh, they scored a total of quick math here, 38 runs in those in those four games, right? Uh, the last two, they scored a total of 27 runs. They run ruled K-State. Um, and then they have, you know, they the offense wins them the championship. I mean, 
talk about bats getting hot at the right time, right? That's that's kind of the situation that TCU's in right now. Yeah, it was a good confidence builder for them. And they actually, you know, all year long, uh, I and people that listen to the pod or just follow TCU baseball have been asking me, why is Porter Brown not getting, you know, more at bats? Why is he not in the lineup more? Um, and, and I was pushing for that too. I think ultimately he struggles in the outfield at times. And they had a couple guys in Elijah Nunez and Luke Boyers who were better defensively. But they put him in that leadoff spot and he stayed in there all tournament long. He ends up being most outstanding player. He had a six RBI game against Oklahoma State in the championship game. And I think he was just a huge spark plug for them. Um, he's gets on base. He steals bases. Some guys that were really driving the ball early in the year and then started to struggle down the stretch, like Zach Humphreys and Braden Taylor, they also uh, got better. But the biggest thing for TCU, the lineup getting their confidence is great. And, and that's like if this team – does make a run. That's what's going to be the, the catalyst for him. And that's what's been the catalyst all year. It's like grind out at bats to get guys on and score a lot of runs. Um, you know, Russell Smith threw against Texas Tech, and he's their number one starter. And he pitched six innings. He only gave up two runs. That was his best start in a couple of weeks. Also, their bullpen looked better. They had a couple guys, young guys like Garrett Wright and uh, um, Augie Milbauer, who's he's actually not a young guy. He's a little older. But they came in and gave him some good innings. And if if the starters, which which I talked about this with you before, Josh, that starting pitching, they just they haven't been going deep in games. It's been a problem, you know. Even in the Big Twelve tournament, Austin Crow, in that game they won, he against Kansas State, he only pitched four innings. But if they can score a lot of runs and they can kind of piece together this bullpen situation, then they're a much better team. They're still obviously flawed. I think it's going to be tough if you, your starting pitching doesn't go five or six innings every time out. But they, they kind of have a formula to win, especially if they can stay in the winner's bracket in these tournament formats. Because as you said, you know, K-State had their number. Well, by the end of it, they were throwing a position player basically out there trying to get a few innings to start the game, and, and that blew up in their face. So they, I think they built some confidence, some things got right. And I feel much better about their postseason chances now than I did a week ago coming off that, that tough series against Kansas State in the regular season. Yeah, I just want to mention, you know, we talked about Porter Brown. Uh, getting a look at him this past week. I mean, it's a guy that's got 12 hits in his last six games on a six-game hitting streak. Um, having somebody who's that red hot at the top of the order setting the table for you is, is so important. And, you know, speaking to you especially, like it seems like you've had some reservations about this team. And I think it's I think it's fair because even though they won the Big 12 tournament, you kind of look at the, the scoring output and they needed. I mean, they needed all that output against Oklahoma State, right? They needed. Yeah. Uh, it felt like they needed all those runs because Oklahoma State was, you know, with their offense is, is always in it. So, I mean, are you are you feeling as confident as you have in all season about TCU or, you know, did the Big 12 tournament change your opinion about how you feel about them heading into the, the NCAA tournament? I mean, I feel pretty good. I think they have a tough regional. Um, you know, they play – the two seed there is Oregon State, right. who is not as good as they've typically been, but a good program. Uh, Dallas Baptist, always a factor in, in these postseason uh, situations. They're the three seed. And then I wasn't really concerned about McNeese State at all, and I'm, I'm ultimately not. But I saw Kendall Rogers say they have a good pitcher, William uh, Dion, who's had a, a great season. So he's going to be starting against TCU on Friday night, and he'll give them a chance if he throws well, I guess, to stay in that game. Um, 
I, I feel pretty good. I, I think, you know, they have they have some pretty obvious issues with, with starting pitching. They found some ways to work around that. Uh, they're going to need to score, and they're going to need their bullpen to be good. But, you know, in that tournament, too, another interesting thing, and this has been something for them all year, they've just got to find a way, Josh, to stay away from big innings. I mean, that game they lost to K-State, they gave up four runs, and a lot of that was started by an error that, you know, led to some, some uh, extra at-bats. And then after that, they only gave up one run over the last eight innings, but they couldn't come back from that four-run deficit. Uh, you know, against Oklahoma State, they end up coming back, but they take a 2 nothing lead, and then they give up five runs in the next half inning. And then they're able to settle in and pitch pretty well after that. But if they can avoid, you know, those big deficits, um, then I think they'll be okay. It's just, you know, they'll walk a guy, hit a batter – give on some you know let on some free bases and then things start to implode so that's what they're going to have to stay away from in in postseason play and that was another problem in the games they lost in in the big 12 tournament uh moving on to texas tech they they have a very difficult draw it seems like to me uh you can grab me if i'm wrong there but this draw they've got in their regional with with they got west point the four seed ucla is the two and north carolina is a three i mean traditionally speaking those are two really good very good programs uh, they have in their in their in their in the regional rather. Um, to me, the story with Texas Tech is look, they've got they've got you know with the lineup. I mean, they've got three killers in the lineup. They got a really top heavy lineup, obviously by Drew Baker, who was was conference player of the year. Uh, from, uh, mm-hmm. I believe you're right. Yep. And I mean, he's 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 <laughs> he's gonna be a very good baseball. He's gonna be a very good pro. That guy is a a very good pro. I think first of all, if you've not watched Drew Baker this year. Um, that's somebody that, it, you know, you want in your major league team uh, because of, to me, at the plate at least, he brings, he brings it all. He's got, he's got good power. He's got good pop. He's got speed. He's got smarts. Um, he's, but I think when you watch him, you say, yeah, that's the best guy in the field normally. No, he's, he's fantastic. He's a great player at the top of the order. He has power, can run. Um, you know, he's good in the field as well. I mean, yeah, the first thing you think about with Tech, they just have one through nine guys that can match. I mean, Drew Baker at the top. Um, Jace Young is a fantastic player. You know, Braxton Fulford can go yard. Yeah, Cal, Cal Conley. Conley. Cal Conley's been awesome this year, yeah. He can he can hit the ball the ballpark. And they also have, they hit a lot of home runs, too. I think they're 10th in the nation in terms of the long ball. But is there, are there some concerns about their pitching, maybe? Yeah, there are. I mean, so they, they've had some injuries that have really hurt them. And – their rotation right now, Micah Dallas and Patrick Monteverde, um, good pitchers, but they don't have nearly the depth that Texas does. They're kind of like TCU. They're usually piecing things together, so that's a concern. I think the good news for Tech is that they're obviously hosting, and in Lubbock, that wind blows out. It is set up for them to hit the ball and hit the ball well. But you mentioned UCLA. West Coast team, they play a lot of small ball, and – Every UCLA team I've ever come across, and I haven't dug into their pitching numbers yet, but they just have good arms. They always have good arms. You know, that's a a typical deal with those California West Coast teams. So if if that sets up to be your winner's bracket game, considering, you know, Tech takes care of business against Army, and then UCLA is able to defeat North Carolina, that'll be huge because – if Tech has to, you know, come back and win two games later on against UCLA 
it's going to be tough for them because they just don't have the guys on the rotation and the starting in the bullpen to get it done. However, if they're able to, you know, stay in that winner's bracket, um, keep their rotation pretty solid, not have to scramble, then I think they definitely have the offense to get it done. But yeah, interesting draw. And then if they make the super regionals, they'll play the winner of the Stanford regional. So they're really uh, sending these West coast teams out to Lubbock, which is kind of fascinating, but UCLA, another program um, that has been in multiple world series is always a factor. Just didn't have the year they typically uh, do so far this season. Okay, that'll do it for Locked On Horn Frogs. Hopefully on Monday we are talking about a team that is moving on to the Super Regionals, or at the very least we're talking Monday morning about uh, a winner-take-all game on Monday in the Regional. But hope for the Frogs get it done and get it wrapped up. We'll discuss win or lose on Monday, what's going on. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.